Hi, welcome to the Tell Me What You're Proud Of podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Maggie Perry. I'm a licensed psychologist with a doctorate degree in clinical psychology. I'm also the founder of the online group therapy platform, Huddle.Care. I love helping people overcome anxiety, obsessive compulsive disorder, mood disorders, and stress. Please join us each week as we share real sessions with actual clients that reveal helpful techniques for effectively dealing with anxiety, OCD, mood disorders, and stress. We'll discuss what effective therapy looks like, sounds like, and feels like. We'll follow our guests as they overcome their biggest fears and find that despite their biological vulnerabilities, they can still live a rich, full, and meaningful life. My therapeutic approach is strengths-based and seeks to find and reinforce what clients do well to help them generalize those skills towards areas where they're stuck. My model for psychotherapy can be summed up as this. You tell me what you're proud of, and I'll help you become effective and happy across all areas of your life. Thanks for listening, and let's get the show started. Hi, this is Dr. Maggie Perry with Tell Me What You're Proud Of, and we have Nicole back on the show today. Um, We're just going to talk about how she's been doing since our last session. So, Nicole, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. Hey, can you tell us how you've been? Uh, I think all things considered, um, pretty good. I mean, COVID is still here, so that's kind of stressful. Um, The election cycle has been pretty stressful this year. But um, I feel like I know now like what tools that I have to at least um, kind of like help with my anxiety. Um, So I've just been focusing on like still running, still making space for myself outside of work, cooking, um, and just trying to relating to things that are stressful um, in the best way that I can. Yeah, that's great. So I know that we talked a lot about mood regulation in addition to anxiety um, during your session. So can you, and I know that there really have been a lot of stressors um, throughout 2020. So can you say more about how you think about your mood and, you know, how your mood regulation has been? Yeah, I think with my mood, I just noticed that it's pretty easy for me to either get like really excited and really amped up really quickly Um, or if I'm in a bad mood to get in a worse mood pretty quickly. And I think in the past I had done things to almost, um, quicken those moods from getting from like an okay point to either a really high point or a really low point. Um, but I think now I can say like, oh, I'm realizing I'm pretty sad instead of like sitting inside and maybe like continually listening to sad music. I should probably like reach out to a friend and like get dinner or just like go on a run. Um, and similarly for kind of getting really amped up, I've noticed it's easy for me to kind of like keep working after hours. Um, and sometimes that can get me like really revved up and amped up. Um, so instead I'll like five o'clock is the hard stop. I'll set like my messages to just go off and try and do an activity that like, um, keeps me away from my phone, like running or cooking. Yeah. Well, all of that is, um, a great description of how to regulate your mood. Um, I can imagine that knowing what to do is, that's the first step, but it's really hard to implement it on any given day. So can you talk a little bit about challenges versus successes and kind of how you stick to this um, kind of method that you're describing? Yeah, I think challenges can be, um, even if I know the right things to do or I'm doing the right things, I feel like my mind can still, um, ruminate and stuff. So I think we talked recently, like if work is stressful, even if I turn my messages off, if something stressful happens right at the end of the day, I'll just like think about it and think about it and think about it. Um, 
And then, yeah, I think I like still have those times, but then again, it's helpful to then just like even talk to you and be like, Hey, can we hop on a call real quick and figure out like why um, I'm still going over this and try and like reframe how I'm thinking about it and stuff. Yeah, that's great. So you recognize that on a daily basis, healthy lifestyle behaviors like sleeping enough, eating enough, um, exercising, being in connection with other people, um, and not like abusing substances all can help you keep your sensitization low and keep your mood regulated. But of course, there's times when the way that you're thinking about what's happening is going to either um, lead you to be kind of excitable, you could say, or re emotionally reactive. Um, or once you get sad, once you get down about something, then you can ruminate in a way that it spirals. Um, have you been, what are you learning about how your like cognitive reactions to typical stressors in everyday life um, set, tend to amplify your reactivity? What do you mean? Um, so when you get stressed, for instance, at the end of a day, yeah. um, and you find yourself ruminating about it throughout the, the evening, can you tell what the pattern tends to be? Like what you tend to get stuck on? Yeah, I see. Yeah, I think with like work, and I guess it's the same with like relationships or family. It's just like, what if I'm not good enough? What if people see that I'm like not measuring up? What are people gonna think of me now? Oh my God, maybe I'm not good enough. Um, so I think with work, it can be like that in that context with family, it can be like that too. And then same thing with relationships. And what, so I would call that like a pervasive negative belief. So certain situations trigger pervasive negative beliefs for you. And then that's where you get caught. It, like, um, even if you're practicing healthy lifestyle behaviors. So how do you challenge that kind of belief that you're not good enough or, or how do you relate to it? Well, I think the first thing is like catching that it's happening. And then once I'm able to catch it, almost like, I don't know, I would say like study it or just like be more curious about it and be like, oh, why am I thinking about it that way versus like another way? Um, at least for like the work context too, we have like a women's career chat once a month. And then just even talking to other women and realizing like, oh yeah, like other women think this way too for whatever reason. And then we all kind of come together um, and I'm able to be like, oh, yeah, sometimes I think about it, too. Um, so just like sharing or relating with other people and then being able to almost like study it at a distance and not feeling like um, it's part of me, but almost like a thought that just kind of like passes through. Um, yeah, yeah, both of those are wonderful. So just to summarize that back to you, um, first off with the normalization, I think something like I'm not good enough often makes people feel shame and then they get stuck in whatever triggered the, the narrative that they're not good enough because of the shame that they're experiencing. So sharing it with other people and normalizing the experience and just being vulnerable in that way can really alleviate shame and help you get through experiences that way. Um, so that kind of sharing is great. Um, the other thing that you're saying about studying it or observing it, I think reminds me of wise mind. Um, so it's that part of act where you're able to see yourself in context and get distance from, you know, kind of observe yourself as, um, somebody experiencing something challenging rather than being fused to the content as though it's your only reality. And so when you can have that observing self, you have a chance of relating to it differently, um, which then can help you get perspective. 
Um, is that, do you feel like it helps you get better perspective? Yeah, that's exactly right. And can you tell where that narrative is coming from? Does it matter to you? Um, I don't know. I guess I don't think about it as much as like, where does this come from? Or like, why do I think in this way? Um, I don't know. I feel like maybe it's like with my parents, like growing up, like they weren't around as much. So I feel like I constantly had this narrative in my head is like, oh, what's wrong with me that like, I'm not getting the attention that I want and stuff like that. Um, so maybe it like stems from there and that narrative then tends to like, uh, sprinkle itself on every aspect of my life. Yeah, that's a great point. So I think a lot of people think that they would develop the narrative that they're not good enough if they're, um, for instance, they failed at various things growing up or even um, throughout their adult lives, but it's just as common or if not more common that that sense of worth, like worthlessness comes from not having your needs met early on and then feeling like in order to get your needs met, you're gonna have to um, meet certain conditions. And so it's like in any given, um, is there something that's coming to mind for you? Yeah, I was going to say it totally feels like the latter. And like, I almost feel like I've been a super achiever all of my life as if like, oh, if I can just do these things and like, I won't have these thoughts or then like, I won't, um, these thoughts like won't uh, bother me or attach to me anymore. So I feel like in the past, those thoughts have almost driven me to like do really well in school, do like a lot of extracurriculars, do really well at my job um, and everything like that. Yeah, so you were responding to that narrative in a really conditional way, where like, if I can just succeed all the time, then I'll never have to feel worthless. Um, but really, that that feeling of worthlessness is a narrative about you. It's not a truth about you. And it's coming from a childhood need that wasn't met, that now in adulthood, you can never you can never go back to that time, but also you're, you're not as dependent as you were at that time. Um, so just having compassion, when it's triggered, you just wanna have compassion on yourself for what you've been through, but then also get perspective that um, you don't have to you, you don't have to meet whatever conditions your mind is perceiving in any given moment. Right. Do you have thoughts about that? Uh, no, I think that's exactly right. Like I think you learn in time that like, no matter what you achieve then that feeling's there so like uh kind of out achieving it isn't really effective um but like you said just kind of like examining it um getting maybe like distance from it or studying it um is helpful in terms of like shaping it to oh this isn't like something about me but just like a feeling or experience that i'm having right now and do you have habits around trying to study and observe when you're triggered um, I think maybe not through thoughts, but like one thing that I do in terms of habit is like logging, like my exercise, logging, like sleep and logging, like drinking. And then I think that just helps then frame like the thoughts that I have through the day. Um, so if I can see like, oh, wow, I didn't really sleep. I drank a lot and didn't exercise. And I'm also having all these thoughts around like, I'm not good enough. Um, it's easier than to take a step back and be like, wait, I think I'm just like, um, probably not in the habits that make me feel the best. And that's probably why I'm having like these feelings and thoughts. Yeah, that's really um, a good description. I think what it's reminding me of is how you're a, a, per a pervasive negative belief or an 
um, childhood narrative can act like content when you compare it to anxiety disorders. So for instance, someone who when sensitized regularly has health anxiety, might be able to do some exposures and get some different perspective and relate to their health anxiety really effectively when they've slept well, when their um, stress is low, when everything else in their life is going well. And then as soon as some sensitizing factor like being hungry, angry, lonely, or tired, ill or stressed, um, anything happening in the world that can be stressful or happening kind of in family life or personal life, all of these factors can be sensitizing and then could lead someone, for instance, that had health anxiety content to have those intrusions again. Um, so comparatively with mood, same thing could happen. It's great if you have high, healthy lifestyle behaviors, but then as soon as there's an additional stressor, you might be vulnerable to having a pervasive negative belief come back. And I think where people get tripped up sometimes is they think because the narrative came back, that means that it's true. Like the more it happens, just like with unwanted intrusive thoughts, people think the more I have this thought, the, the more it means it's true, rather than I'm having the thought because it's being reinforced in some way. So it's same with pervasive negative beliefs. It's often reinforced through something like I'm not good enough can be reinforced by overachieving, by ruminating, by comparison, by competition, those types of things. Do you have thoughts about that? Yeah, that totally makes sense. I feel like in the beginning, um, when we had first started talking, I would feel whenever those like uh, feelings came to me that it's like, oh, this is the real me. And like, it's just like back again. And I was like able to hide from it for a while, but this is like the true me. And then I think in time, it's been um, a lot easier to shape it as like, oh no, these are just like the thoughts that I have sometimes. And if I um, can just like get some distance, study them, um, and make sure I'm like doing all the things that I know keep me healthy. It's a lot easier to just have it um, kind of pass through. Yeah, that's great. That's a really big deal. How did it shift from this is the real me to these are just experiences I sometimes have? Um, I don't know. I think like just like as we talk through it, like something ends up just like, I guess like clicking at some point between realizing the relationship between like, I think like lifestyle and things that like egg it on, I'll say. Um, so I think we like talk about it in theory. And then like, I think just talking about it and putting the things into practice, um, it just ends up like clicking at some point after a little bit. And who's the real you now? How has that your self conception, uh, self concept shifted? Um, I think it's like easier to be like, oh, I'm someone that like um, likes working, but I also like like a lot of activities outside of that. I like being with my friends and stuff, um, and just realizing that I also have like high and low moods versus being like the low mood is like the real me. Um, yeah. Yeah, you sound more balanced in that way. Um, are there things that again, will will trigger the like, I'm not good enough. And I, I'm, yeah. Can you say more about what would trigger I'm not good enough at this point? Yeah, I think it's like family relationships and work in all different ways. Um, so with like family, sometimes after spending a lot of time with my parents, it can be like easy to trigger those like, old feelings and that like narrative. Um, with relationships, it's also similar. I feel like if 
my partner is like not spending time with me or doesn't want to see me, it's easy to be like, why don't they like me? Like, what's wrong with me? Oh, this is happening again. Um, and then same thing with work. If it's like competitive, if I'm feeling uncertain, if I feel like someone's doing better than me, it's easier to feel like, why are they getting opportunities that I'm not? Like, what's wrong with me that I'm not getting asked to do these certain things? And do you feel exhausted by having to manage, the, like to stay aware of all those different content areas and and like how you how to manage them or are you taking it in stride at this point? Um, I try and take it in stride and I feel like I'm not, I don't have like a visor on like looking at all times being like, uh oh, this is a competitive, I should stay away. It tends to be more reactive where I'll be in a situation, I'll be like, oh man, I'm like ruminating and then I'll have to take a step back and be like, wait, what's going on? Like, what's the situation? Um, that might be bringing this on or something like this. Yeah, that's great. And then, so how does anxiety relate to to everything that you're talking about? Um, I think if I'm have those like thoughts in my head, then like anxiety can be like a layer of like fog on top of that, um, or just like a layer of buzziness on top of that. So I think if I'm already feeling like uh, I'm not as good enough, like what's going on? And then I have to like meet with someone at work that like thought is in my head and then I'm already conscious. Um, I'm like super conscious of then how I'm reacting to things they're saying, how they're reacting to me. And then it creates just like a even worse kind of like feedback loop um, where I think the anxiety makes me like hypersensitive to anything I'm doing or other people are doing. And then I relate it back to like um, these negative feelings. Really good description. What do you do to manage anxiety? Um, I think it's like what we talked about where I think the first step is almost like getting to that first thought. And then like if I can just like deconstruct that first negative thought or get distance from it, um, the anxiety fog kind of like melts away on top of that. Um, so I think like we were saying like a helpful thing is like I have this like women monthly career chat thing. And then just having that space to be able like, yeah, sometimes I feel like I'm just like not measuring up or I'm not good enough. And then having other women being like, oh, my God, yes, like this is a thought that goes through my head, too. It's then like once that negative thought is shattered, it's a lot easier than um, to be less anxious and in, like interactions and stuff. Yes, that's wonderful. And in any given day, I can imagine getting perspective would be something like I don't have to answer this email right away. I can notice that it's here, but it does, I don't have to prove myself that I'm worthy in any given moment. Yeah, I think that's exactly right. And then I think once I realize that it's there, then just like setting intentions and like boundaries for like the rest of the week is helpful. Um, so I feel like even this week we talked earlier about like, yeah, I'm definitely feeling like a little competitive with coworkers. I'm like, okay, I'm gonna give myself like an extra hour in the day, just like, knowing that I'm in the space, like planning to go for a run at a certain point, planning to sign off at a certain point. Um, so just being like hyper aware, I think um, when I know I'm a little bit more sensitive than other times. So what I'm hearing um, in terms of major growth is the transition from the depressed me as the real me and also the transition from what I like, what I'm feeling not only is who I am, but it's also what I'll experience from here on out. It's the truth about me. So I hear that you've shifted to these are practices over time that so rather than um, 
you know, I'm supposed to be a certain way. Once I have a certain insight, then I'm never going to ruminate again. I'm never going to feel like I'm not good enough again. I'm never going to feel anxious again. It seems like you've shifted to um, these. This is a narrative that is, you know, based on my history and sometimes shows up when I'm stressed. Um, I know how to like manage my lifestyle so that it's not likely to occur. But when it does occur, I know what to do. I know how to get distance. I know how to bounce back. Um, and so you're not helpless or hopeless when you have either a low mood and uh, high emotional re reactivity or anxiety, but rather you're just kind of, again, like taking it in stride as part of who you are. Um, does that summarize how you experience yourself? Yeah. And do you want to say more about both um, shifting this, like your low mood away from this is the true me and then also practicing these skills over time? Um, yeah, I'm not sure what to say. I guess it's just like a lot, it feels a lot better to go through life not uh, feeling like these are, that's my true self. Um, so I feel like that's been a major plus. And then I think another like big eye-opening thing is just like in talking to people or I feel like in the past, I never felt comfortable like sharing that I even have these thoughts. Um, but I think like in time feeling more comfortable being like, Hey, sometimes these are thoughts that I've had. I've been surprised at how often other people are like, either like, Oh, me too. Or like, Oh, you should like call me the next time you feel that way. Like you shouldn't have to feel that way alone. Um, so I think that's been like a big eye opener too. And then makes it a lot easier when you have these feelings to like not have to go through it alone. Yeah. It's a great, um, it's a great example of overcoming shame that not only did it feel like it was the real you, you felt shame about that real you. Um, and so that this transition to like, this isn't me, it's okay to have this experience, other people have this experience, and I can reach out to other people at this time. It sounds like you do in both a formal way through this monthly group and an informal way, just kind of incidentally when it occurs with friends. Yeah, that's exactly right. It's funny, like, I feel like I have a few friends that are in therapy and even like at a last happy hour one of my friends was like how's your anxiety this week like mine is pretty bad like it feels like this and like it's nice to have um people and to just like share in a casual context too. yeah um I agree and it's it's great when you know yourself well enough that you know you're not asking for too much in friendship but rather you're able to share and kind of, again have it be like a normal experience that makes you feel better connected um yeah okay well that's great thanks so much for um being part of this session and we're happy to hear that you're doing well thanks maggie okay you're welcome Thank you so much for listening. If you felt any benefit from the show, please let us know and share it with anyone you think would also find benefit. As a disclaimer, please consult your doctor or therapist before attempting any strategies shared here. Thank you.